0: Just a quick message before we get started. VT Digger's annual membership drive is happening now. And this year, we're partnering with the Vermont Food Bank. Before the pandemic hit, about 1 in 10 Vermonters reported struggling with access to food. In March, that number increased to 1 in 3. So right now, for every donation VT Digger receives, we'll donate the cost of 10 meals to the Vermont Food Bank. If you want to help out and support facts and food, head to vtdigger.org slash foodbank. Thanks. From VT Digger, I'm Mike Dougherty This is The Deeper Dig. This week, the mayoral race in Vermont's largest city is taking shape. And while Burlington progressives have voted to put a member of their younger, more activist wing on the ballot, the party's caucus revealed a split that could have ramifications for next year's race.
1: Hello, Bur! 10
0: This is amazing. On Tuesday, the party gathered on Zoom for a virtual caucus meeting. Hi, I am uh, your MC, and I'm going to try to talk over the sound of the F-35s. I've gotten really good at it.
2: In all honesty, so, it was like, it, it was bizarre to see that many people, <laughs> even in like a Zoom setting, <laughs> because we haven't seen so many people in, in so long. There are over 400 participants in this caucus, wow. at least in, in just the the Zoom alone.
0: Our reporter Grace Ellison was on the call.
2: There were a lot of people and a lot of people talking in the chat. It was like one of the first times that you've been able to see like political organization since the pandemic.
0: The main event at this meeting was to put forward the party's two candidates for next year's mayoral race. City Council President Max Tracy and City Councilor Brian Pine.
2: And so Max was nominated by Zariah Hightower, who's a fellow counselor. Max Tracy, in so many ways, has shown me what progressive leadership is and what it can be like, Max. Brian was nominated by Stephanie Seguino who is a UVM professor who um, is best known for her research on racial disparities in the Burlington police Force. He leads with his heart and with his values and he it, and he inspires and motivates people precisely because he is a bridge builder and a problem solver
1: even when Brian
2: disagrees. and so they made their pitches Max made his pitch um, which is primarily based in We need transformational change in the city, and we need it now, and I'm going to get this stuff done. Which he could, if the council were to retain the progressive majority that it has now.
1: Now is not the time to seek moderate and slow changes or to try to address these problems around the edges. We need dramatic, structural, and transformational changes, and we need them as quickly as possible.
2: Pine was very much pushing his experience, you know, very much pushing his reputation in the city as a consensus builder.
1: I believe our community is seeking a change and that we can bring about that change by uniting behind a strong, progressive candidate with proven results citywide.
2: Brian has, you know, 30 years experience in in Burlington politics and has more of a reputation as a consensus builder, as a bridge builder. He's more apt and, and known to collaborate with other politicians in the city to get stuff done. Not to say that Max wouldn't do that, but Max is much more activist focused. He's, he's very principled in his approach of knowing exactly what kind of transformational change needs to get done. And he'll put that forward, whether you like it or not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> During most of my time as a, as a councillor, the city has been controlled by the mayor and his allies on the council. And I provided principled opposition to their agenda.
2: And so progressives in the city chose to to back him, which exemplifies the direction that the progressive party is is going in. I had written a story, I think a few weeks ago now, about how there's this divide in the progressive party between the old guard progressive and the new guard progressive. And some older members of the party are wary of of Max and his kind of like Hardline style. And they're skeptical that someone like him, like his version of, of leadership could unify the city. Yeah. Um, and so they supported Pine. Um, however, there are people who I, who I spoke to who are like, if I'm not going to get fired up by a candidate who believes in the same transformational change that I believe into, I don't want it. <laughs> so he did what he was supposed to do well in this caucus process, which was get people energized and, and get specifically that younger, um, a little bit farther left part of the progressive party to back him in this race. He did that successfully. Now the challenge for him is to make his pitch to the entire city. There was not a ton of of daylight between them, at least in Their vote totals, Tracy had received 787 votes. Pine had received 631. So, you know, about 100 votes in between there.
0: You talked to Max after he won. What did he tell you?
2: I mean, obviously he was really excited. (laughs) I'm ecstatic.
1: Absolutely ecstatic. This is uh, such a... I I, I, I can't even...
2: I'm clearly speechless at this moment because I'm so excited. And what we saw at the nominating caucus was proof of what he's been telling people. You know, this party is energized. This party is made of young, new members who want change.
1: People are hungry. They're hungry for, for a change, and I, they showed up. And it, It's it's very exciting to see our party invigorated in this way and to see so many new people who had never participated in the Progressive Party coming into our party for the first time. And, I
2: think- and them deciding to back him proved his theory.
0: You said that, you know, some of these more moderate members of the party were kind of wary of his hardline style. And I wonder if there's a good example from Burlington politics over the past six months or so that kind of exemplifies the way that he can take a hard line on issues and take that sort of activist stance.
2: One of the best examples that I can think of this to kind of exemplify Max's principles is, you know, long before this summer when we were having conversations about racial justice, uh, racial disparities in our policing, and specifically the, the violence that BIPOC residents are experiencing at the hands of police, Tracy and some other progressives had proposed a resolution calling for the reduction of the police force, you know, kind of around that idea of defund the police wasn't a mantra back then, but what he was proposing was, was essentially that. And that, and that was in 2019.
1: What this resolution is trying to, to say is that we need to have a variety of different, uh, of, of different individuals who are equipped to, who are best equipped to deal with these. So by taking the, those officers and, and trying to, to eventually transition some of them towards social work, I think we're trying to be more responsive, actually, to some of the trends that we're seeing in our, in our community, but that have nevertheless remained intractable largely. It didn't
2: get much traction on the council then, and, and Pine had voted against it. Hmm. Going back to the summer when the council had passed that 30% reduction in the police force, I mean obviously that was a that was originally a progressive push and Pine had, you know, supported it then, but I think Max has a history of being authentic to his progressive principles, you know, before it's in style.
0: Grace said one other aspect of this race that was immediately notable was the fundraising.
2: Pine raised a lot of money going into this primary. He had raised over10,000 dollars in two or three weeks like that's that's a lot of money to raise going into a nominating caucus mm. right so that was also surprising to see that someone who had earned that much money and, and raised that much money did lose the caucus it kind of points to the unique political identity of Burlington, you know burlington voters are independent voters i mean they're they're liberal they're left but they're very also i think independent voters and so that amount of money you know didn't sway the election in his favor
0: i think it's also worth pointing out i guess that for folks outside of burlington that the stature of the progressive party there is is actually pretty unusual i mean there are lots of cities where you know intra party primaries and caucuses uh, are really consequential. But I think to have a party that's to the left of the Democrats be so entrenched and so established is um, is pretty unusual in itself, right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The the gains that the Progressive Party has seen in the past couple of years in Burlington does not match the gains that we've seen statewide. I mean, just looking back to this this past election for the House, I, I wouldn't say the Progressives did Bad, you know, but they didn't pick up any new seats. You know, they were able to get some new members in and, and able to uh, knock some some other members out, like progressive ML Molini. Stanek knocked out um, Democrat Geno Sullivan, who's a pretty long-standing incumbent. Progressive Tanya Vyhovsky won a, a seat left open by a Republican, um, but they did lose the House Progressive Party chair seat. Representative Robin Chestnut Changerman to a Republican, so. You're, you're exactly right. That momentum that we're seeing in Burlington is not <laughs> happening in, in other statewide races right now.
0: And what's at stake policy-wise? I mean, if they were to take over the mayor's office next year and retain control of the city council, what would actually change? I mean, what what are they proposing would actually get done if that were to happen?
2: That's a good question. I think one of the key policies that a lot of people are talking about is rent stabilization.
0: Hmm.
2: You know, there haven't been a ton of specifics on whether or not that looks like a cap, but that could get done quickly if there is consensus on both the city council and in the mayor's office to to really get that done. Mandatory weatherization of rental units, um, which would also make them more affordable and also help address the, the climate crisis. Things could be passed really easily (laughs) yeah. if Max is is elected, you know, and it's, it's funny because it's the exact opposite of what the progressive party looked like in the 80s, you know, when, when Bernie was mayor and he was like the lone progressive, right. And he was faced up against this council that was like not having him at all. (laughs) (laughs) So it, it just, it's just a massive flip for the party over the past decade or so, which is which is really interesting to see.
0: You said up top that Max has made this pitch to his party. They've caucused for him as the nominee. Now he has to make a pitch to the whole city. What is that gonna look like? I mean, what are your expectations going into the mayor's race next March?
2: You know, I'd asked him that you know a couple of weeks ago, like, how are you gonna unify the city if you do win the nomination? And he's like, I'm not gonna lie to people. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to people about who I am and, and the fact that I am a passionate progressive who believes in these values and principles. He he really believes that the policy proposals that they're putting forward and you know, specifically the progressive policy proposals that they're putting forward speak to the anxieties of everyday residents. And he feels confident in that. So I think you know, their foundation is based on the issues that they think mean most to, to Burlingtonians, which comes down to um, affordability, comes down to reforming our police department that's been fraught with issues for the past couple of years that's really concerned a lot of people. So I think he's, he's staying true to that. And we'll have to see if his theory is correct, because the alternative is, if we're primarily comparing him to Moreau Weinberger, I do want to make note that that counselor, independent counselor, Ali Jang is also in this race, which, you know, he has a following as well of, of people who truly appreciate his principled independent mindset. But if we're primarily comparing Max to Weinberger, I mean, Weinberger is going to come in here and this is my, he hasn't really started campaigning too much yet. So this is my best educated guess is that he's going to come in here and say, we're, we're in crisis and I've led you through a crisis before, you know, with our financials taking a, a nosedive um, when he had first come into the into the office because of the Burlington telecom disaster. He's going to say, I can take you forward and you can trust me, trust me to do that and get us out of this other crisis because, you know, our budgets are taking a hit right now. And, you know, it's, what's interesting is that um, Democratic Party chair, Adam Roof, came out with a statement last night that was... Really tough on Tracy, and he had picked up and made note of the fact that Tracy had not um, really centralized the pandemic recovery in his uh, in his speeches. You know, I'm not going to say that Tracy hasn't talked about it at all in in some of the other debates that the Progressive Party ha- has put on, but it hasn't been central to his to his argument. The central argument to Tracy's pitch is that he wants to make transformational change, and rufus has picked up on the fact that. Well, a lot of Burlington's are, are worried about how we're going to recover.
0: Just so so I've got this straight. Moreau Weinberger, the Democrat, there's a nominating caucus this weekend, but it's kind of a formality. There's nobody challenging him. So he hasn't had to do any real campaigning yet. But starting next week, we're going to start to see him talk more about kind of what his goals are for another term. But from what you've told me, it sounds like it's really going to be a question of, you know. He's got these vulnerabilities, like issues with the police force or the stalled city place development project that he had boosted. But he's also gotten a lot of credit for COVID-19 response so far mm-hmm. and that people might want to see some continuity there and that that in his time in office, you know, the city has really lifted itself out of a, a big financial crisis already. Do you have any predictions for how all this is going to shake out?
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, he hasn't started campaigning yet, so this is all based on my my speculation and my guess on, on what he might do and what his central pitch is going to be. But he is in a tricky situation because it's like he's got to run on his record, and then he's also not going to run on his record <laughs> because there are parts of his record that are not don't look good for him you know the issues with the police department the issues with brandon del pozo specifically you know our our former police chief who had a twitter account to uh, an anonymous twitter account to criticize a troll of his that mayor weinberger did not let the public know about um before it was discovered by this activist in town and by reporters that's a big issue this summer the battery park protesters um, a lot of them felt like Weinberger could have done more to address the situation with those three officers that they wanted removed from the force. their city place that a lot of people are attributing to Weinberger's mismanagement. You know, he would disagree with that that it's that it's his fault that things have have gone awry with that, but people still attribute it to him. and so there are these big kind of issues with his record, but then there are also really uh you know positive aspects to his record that are going to help him. Him run this election, like you know, back when he first came into into the city and uh, restored the city's finances, and he's been able to um, conduct a good amount of uh, infrastructure projects in in the city since then. Uh, you know, adding on to that, his pandemic response. You know, cases are rising right now, but you know things aren't in the same crisis mode that they were in in March and April. And Vermont largely enjoyed a period of time when we were the best in the country with our COVID cases. You know, I think. A large part of his, his pitch is going to be, I carried us out of one financial crisis, I'll carry us out of this one. It's just a matter of balancing the parts of his record that are going to help him and the parts of his record that are going to make him really vulnerable. So it'll be interesting to see what he says about not just the past of Burlington, um, that he's going to you know, fortify with voters. It's going to be interesting to see what he pitches for the future. You know, what is he going to bring to this, to this mayor's office for the next term? That's what I'm most excited to hear about.
0: Yeah. And I guess it's worth noting too, that there's really no polling on this. There's really no way to kind of take the temperature of Burlington voters ahead of this race We're we're kind of going to be in the dark about people, where people are at until March, it seems like.
2: Right, exactly.
0: You know, does the way the progressive caucus here split tell us anything, like give us any predictors about how Tracy might fare next spring?
2: Yeah, I mean, 600 or so voters did not support Tracy, you know, which is about a little less than half of that pack. Pine has said that he's going to throw his support behind Tracy. He's not going to get into this race as an independent. So we'll see. How many of Pine's supporters truly back Tracy and, and embrace him? Given that he did have a different style than Pine, those voters could go to Weinberger if they're looking for someone who has who who has a reputation of being more moderate. Because moderate is safe, <laughs> and people are looking for people are looking for safety right now. They're looking for stability right now, and he could be that safe, stable option for people.
0: Thanks for the rundown, Grace.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: You can find all of Grace's reporting on this week's Progressive Caucus, the mayoral race, and everything else you need to know about Burlington politics at vtdigger.org. You're listening to The Deeper Dig, a weekly podcast from the VT Digger Newsroom. Search for it and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll get new episodes as soon as they land. We used music this week by Blue Dot Sessions. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom. See you then.